0: Welcome to this podcast from St Mary's the University Church. While public worship will not be offered in church for the foreseeable future, we hope that these podcasts will provide you with some spiritual resources over the coming days. This is the season of Easter, and the gospel readings during the Easter season offer us a series of resurrection appearances. On Easter day, we read John's account of Mary Magdalene's encounter with the risen Lord. Today, It is the turn of Thomas. One commentator has said that St John's record of the resurrection corresponds with his record of the Passion. It's not simply a history, still less an exhaustive history, but a revelation of spiritual truth through outward facts. Writing in the centre of a Christian church to those who were familiar with the historic groundwork of the Gospel, John the Evangelist recounts from his own experience just those incidents which called out in the disciples the fullness of belief triumphant over personal sorrow and common fear and individual doubt. So when John speaks of the grief of Mary Magdalene, the fear of the disciples in the upper room, and the doubt of Thomas, he is making the point that the resurrection transforms every aspect of our lives, all our sorrows our fears, and our doubts. Let us pray. Risen Christ, for whom no door is locked, no entrance barred, open the doors of our hearts, that we may seek the good of others and walk the joyful road of sacrifice and peace. To the praise of God the Father. Amen.
2: speak in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Having faith is not easy in times of darkness and doubt. Yet Easter, especially this Easter, during our lockdown, we do have time to question the Christian response to issues of despair and suffering. But of course Easter is also a time when Christians are drawn to contemplate and celebrate the Lord's triumph over death with the extraordinary and miraculous resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favourite artistic illustrations is of the appearance of the risen Christ in Caravaggio's famous work, The Incredulity of St. Thomas. It was painted in 1603 and Caravaggio draws your eye to focus on Thomas's right hand, which is being gently held by Christ and led towards his open wound. The concentration and astonishment on St. Thomas's face as he beholds his Lord's transformed figure before his eyes is truly humbling. Thomas seems to be trying to process the new phenomenon, or as Archbishop Ramsay called it, a new order of existence, where his Lord is in the corporal world while yet not fully part of it. However, when I look more closely at the picture of Caravaggio's, I am drawn to Christ's face because he bears no expression of anger. The risen Lord's compassion for Thomas seems to be most merciful and not reproachful. I believe the gentleness Christ shows towards this disciple comes because he understands the fears and doubts that Thomas must have been grappling with Over the preceding weeks. Just a few days earlier, Thomas's teacher had been betrayed, condemned, crucified, and left for dead. All was over. Thomas had not been with the other disciples, as far as we know it, when Christ had appeared to them, and he certainly did not believe their narrative. So Thomas must have been suffering. Perhaps he was asking where God was when he was most needed. What had happened? from the moment of Jesus' triumph and entry into Jerusalem to the abandonment by all on the cross. Perhaps he had the words of Psalm 13 close in his heart. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart? All day long? But what is glorious about the beautiful painting of Caravaggio and also the Lord's words in today's gospel is that Thomas is not condemned for his doubts. Christ understood that grappling with faith and grappling with his incredulity was part of his spiritual journey and not separate from it. Christ knew that once Thomas fought his way through the wilderness, perhaps even a dark night of the soul or nights of the soul, he would be a symbol for Christians forever, for all of us to be called to believe without having seen the risen Lord. And Christ calls out to Thomas and says, reach hither my finger and behold my hands. Jesus spoke to him as a sincere disciple whose faith was weak and not fully formed but still very present. And that presence was reflected in Thomas's answer. He exclaimed, My Lord and my God. This was Thomas's Alleluia moment, where he saw the living Christ in a new light, like the waking of a new dawn, the coming of a new kingdom, a new creation, as his Lord had conquered death. This narrative in John's Gospel reveals that the Lord knows that we all suffer and have doubts about our faith, but walks beside us in the hope that we will come through that suffering to a stronger faith and a deeper belief. All the great mystics have grappled with this relationship between despair and faith. In fact, the phrase, the dark night of the soul, can be traced back to the 16th century Spanish poem by the Roman Catholic, St John of the Cross St John knew faith could be found in dark places for he wrote live in faith and hope though it be in darkness for in this darkness God protects the soul cast your care upon God for you are his and he will not forget you do not think that he is leaving you alone for that would be to wrong him Other saints have fought through despair and doubt. Mother Teresa once wrote to a priest, Jesus has a very special love for you. As for me, the silence and emptiness is so great that I look and do not see, listen and do not hear. So now, in our collective time of frustration and isolation, of pain and fear and doubt for many, As our lives are on pause, we have to think about how we would respond to the resurrection appearance and the fact that Lord is alive today. Rowan Williams gives us some direction when he says that the ultimate truth that lies in Christ's risen life is how we respond to it in our current reality. I quote, If by standing where Jesus invites you to stand, you see more than you would otherwise, if you see a world larger than you would have thought you could inhabit, you have to ask yourself, is this not reality? And if this might be the truth, might be the grain of the real world, where do I want to put myself? That is the critical question. Today as Christians, where do we want to put ourselves? Where can we see the signs of the risen Lord in our daily life, in perhaps the faith and action of others, especially during this pandemic? We know that have been overwhelming numbers of people praying across the world, delivering food onto doorsteps of strangers. We've seen the kindness and compassion of nurses of medical staff. George Eliot, as she wrote in Little March, knows that it is unhistoric acts that the world partly depends on, of small things that people living hidden but faithful lives do for others every day. And in this pandemic, we've seen that as well by frontline workers, food suppliers, and shop owners. We've also seen what I would call historic acts by the brave pensioner, Captain Tom Moore, who raised millions for the NHS by walking the length of his garden, completing a 100 laps before his 100th birthday. What's important here is that the acts, brave, known, unknown, seen and not seen, are part of our response and understanding to the Lord and to the pandemic. We all face a virus that has cut through our lives it's cut through and crosses ages, borders, faiths, and communities. All at once, we have together been transported to a new reality. A new reality like the disciples experienced with the risen Lord. So this Easter, like no other Easter before us, we are together facing something that brings us a collective sense of compassion and a collective sense of responsibility. It also shines light on our darkness and on our troubles and fears. But we must remember Jesus's compassion and what he showed Thomas when he lacked faith. The Lord understood that to have doubts and grapple with them is part of our journey. However, our Christian calling is to believe without seeing, know that Christ works through us and loves through us, and will never leave us, today and always.
3: Amen.
4: Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. Give grace to us, our families and friends, and to all our neighbours, so that we may serve Christ in one another, and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for the Church throughout the world. Empower by your spirit all Christian people and the work of your church in every land. In happiness or in troubles, help us to know that wherever we are, we are one in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great Physician, stretch out your hand to bring comfort, wholeness and peace to all who suffer in body, mind and spirit. Particularly at this time, we pray for all who are sick, in recovery or alone, including the homeless. We give thanks for those who provide care for others, doctors, nurses, and all in the health service. In this time of crisis and uncertainty, may we see your glory in all good works and feel your presence every day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we ask you to give guidance to those in government and scientists who are working round the clock, seeking to find ways to manage this situation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, although we have been confined to our homes at this time, We give thanks for Will, Anna and others who work tirelessly to keep in contact by Zoom and podcasts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear God, hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. According to your promises, grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Loving Lord, help us to believe without seeing and to trust and have faith in you, our Lord. Thine be the glory. Live in us, work in us, love through us as we stumble hopefully through the week ahead seeking to follow your Son, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven,
0: The God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.